0: And let's turn in our Bibles to uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, Sunday morning in a series entitled, a topical series through Proverbs uh, entitled Timeless Wisdom. And we come to chapter 22, verse 4. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, just flag one of these guys and put a Bible in your hand and Uh, You'll be able to read the word as well as uh, hear it. And just a reminder, Sunday nights we go through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and uh, currently studying the book of Acts on Sunday evening, uh, 6 o'clock, each of you are invited. Single verse to start this morning, Proverbs chapter 22, uh, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Let's pray together. Father, you tell us that if we draw nigh to you, you will always um, draw nigh to us. And what a wonderful promise, what a wonderful act of your grace within our lives. And we turn now with our Bibles opened, and we draw nigh to you now. And we pray that you would draw nigh to us through your word, that you would speak to us this morning through your word, your truth, We thank you that we have your truth and your wisdom. We give you praise for the quality of life that is ours because of it. How many pitfalls you have spared us from by virtue of it. How many deliverances you have produced within our lives through it. And it is nothing like it in all of the world. And so we pray that you would speak to us from your throne into our personal relationship with you, into your calling upon our lives, and um, into our witness and our role as ambassadors in this world to represent you this morning. And we pray and we ask for this spirit and this work of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Last week in our topical series through the book of Proverbs we studied the uh, subject of uh, pride and this morning we want to turn our attention to its polar opposite and that is the subject of uh, humility. I mean you might just uh, get up for 30 seconds and say well uh, just do the opposite of everything that you know was talked about pride last week, and you 'll you 'll have uh, humility pretty well dialed in well it 's a little more involved than that, and humility is certainly worthy of a a, a sermon and a bible teaching uh, on its own. A dictionary definition of humility is helpful here to get us started. Uh, free it, it, one definition is freedom from pride or arrogance. And so, okay, um, that helps us as far as it goes uh, as a, a beginning point. Another definition I think is a little bit more helpful, and it uh, declares a modest opinion of oneself and of one's importance. And so that... That uh, uh, goes a little bit deeper for our our understanding. The living definition uh, of uh, humility is Jesus himself. Uh, Jesus declared in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Uh, Humility. And you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so if we wonder what is a living definition of humility in all of the ups and downs and uh, and the nitty-gritty of life in the fallen world. What does uh, humility look like in this conversation or this interaction or this environment? Uh, The best thing that we can ever do is to find Jesus in a similar environment or conversation, to see in the scriptures, how did he conduct himself? What did he say? What did he not say? and uh, how did he treat people in those uh, circumstances and, and then to do the same. Like holiness, we should run every definition of humility, whether that definition of humility is self-imposed upon ourselves or uh, whether it's imposed upon us by others or it's imposed upon us by the culture, and all of that is happening in our, our lives uh, and uh, we should in, uh, in embrace uh, w- uh, or, or the the different we should embrace the a definition of humility through the life and the ministry of Jesus rather than all these other places. And whatever definitions of humility match his life and his ministry, then we should grab a hold of those definitions and make them our own. If we see definitions of humility that we've come up with on our own, That we are living uh, uh, imposing upon ourselves or again allowing others to impose upon us or the culture to impose upon us. This is what humility uh, looks like. And uh, we are very good at doing this to ourselves. The culture is very happy to, to define everything in our lives. And if we take those definitions and we look at them in the light of the life and the ministry of Jesus and they do not match... Uh, then we are to disregard those definitions of humility uh, as being true definitions or marks of humility uh, in our uh, our lives and refuse them. Now almost, uh, but not quite, uh, 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 but almost always, uh, as important as knowing the definition of humility is understanding what it is not. And the Hebrew word that Solomon uses for humility in chapter 22, verse 4, brings this out. The definition of the Hebrew word means to be humble, okay, Uh, to be modest, all right. And then he goes, this word goes into another realm now, to be unpretentious. In other words, a state or quality of being straightforward and sincere, and so, definitions of what humility is not are almost as important of, as definitions of what humility is in our trying to understand it and then to live it. A biblical humility is not pretending to be uh, humble, uh, acting humble when I uh, am not. That would be uh, hypocrisy. That would be acting. And uh, that would come across as phoniness. And of course, uh, anything like that, pretending to be uh, humble... Uh, It's not going to be sustainable just because of the sheer effort that it takes. Again, uh, to pretend to be humble when I am not humble uh, is acting. And again, as we speak about many things, uh, acting is a very, very demanding thing to do. Whether it is on uh, a Hollywood set for eight hours a day, uh, the harder thing to do is to live humility as an act uh, 24 hours a day. Uh, a day, and so putting on an act of humility. Additionally, when it is an act, uh, it, then it will become a source of pride in our lives. We'll be proud of how uh, we can pretend to be humble. Uh, Someone has said, humility is a strange thing. Once you think you've got it, you've lost it. And uh, so once I'm aware of what I'm trying to do is be humble in this environment, and yes, I think I've achieved humility here in this situation, but I'm not really a humble person, then uh, there is no humility being expressed at all. Uh, Dr. Harry Ironside, a, a famous commentator and in uh, Bible teacher Moody Bible in Chicago of the last century. Uh, he was once convicted uh, as a pastor about his lack of humility. A friend recommended uh, a remedy to him that he marched through the streets of Chicago wearing a sandwich board and shouting the scripture verses on the board for everyone to hear. Dr. Ironside agreed to this venture. And when he returned to his study, he removed the board and he said, I bet there's not another man in town who would do that. And so giving testimony to uh, someone's observation that uh, humility would be easy if it weren't for my pride. and uh, Or as Yogi Berra uh, put it, it it ain't the heat, it's the humility. And uh, he had a way of... Just getting so close to uh, the, the truth and actually in his own way uh, hitting it. Jesus never pretended to be humble. Uh, he never put a, a, an act of humility on. He was actually humble. A Biblical humility is not servility uh, or this eager willingness to uh, serve or please other people at all costs. Uh, to do so at the uh, expense of uh, dignity or decency or respectability. Many people think uh, that humility is always agreeing with what the other person has to say, always uh, yielding, always kind of fawning before another person and that that represents uh, humility. And I think that while people tend... Generally, uh, to admire humility in a person, uh, we tend to spot servility very, very uh, uh, quickly and we dislike it in others. Because when someone is uh, trying to express humility toward us in this fawning kind of uh, excessive way, Uh, it makes us uncomfortable, and it's difficult to watch. And it's true for everyone. Jesus was never servile uh, in his contact with other people. He was respectful always, but he was never servile. Biblical humility is not expressed in becoming everybody's doormat, uh, allowing people to use us and to abuse us at will in life. And uh, living without a backbone, no convictions, no principles, no making a stand, always uh, agreeing with everything that everybody else uh, has to say. And Jesus never allowed himself uh, to become a uh, a doormat uh, at all. Biblical humility is not uh, putting ourselves down or belittling ourselves. Someone has put... Uh, put it very, very well. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. And uh, that's a a great definition. Uh, Jesus never denied absolutely the living definition of humility. And he never, as an expression of that humility, denied one time who and what he was as a person, And as the Son of God, that's not an expression of humility. And so, because we don't need to in order to choose to engage others uh, in humility. Well, okay, humility is this genuine, settled, modest opinion of myself and of my uh, importance Uh, Humility is not this kind of fleeting emotion in my life or something that I'm pretending at uh, in my life, but it is to really, really, really possess a modest opinion of myself and of my importance and to live my life accordingly. But of course, all of that just raises the question of, well, if my humility is not to be phony, Or it's not to be an act, but it really is supposed to be uh, walking in this genuine, sincere, uh, modest opinion of myself and my importance. That that be a a, a deep part of my uh, character uh, and understanding of myself. Then the question gets raised, where does such a uh, humility come from? What's the source of it? What's the fountainhead? of this kind of humility uh, in life. Well, someone has said that humility is made up of um, two ingredients, and I I mention this every so often, and that is the two ingredients are uh, honesty and a good memory. And that always works for me. Uh, I don't know about you, but Uh, I have plenty in my past that if I want to dwell upon it uh, to keep me humble in my treatment uh, of other people and my attitude toward other people and uh, much to keep me humble uh, in my attitude even toward myself and toward my own uh, importance. I Great. So some of us might say that's a great definition and uh, that puts most of us in our uh, place as far as it goes. But clearly, there has to be an even greater source of humility in our lives than just memory, a good memory, and honesty. Because Jesus lived the life A life that is the definition of humility, and he didn't have a single sin in his life to produce that in him. He was absolutely sinless. And so humility is a divine attribute. It marked Jesus' ministry and his life from his birth to his resurrection His crucifixion, everything that happened between his birth and his crucifixion, everything after, everything in between, uh, his life was marked by uh, humility. Philippians chapter 2 verse 7, but uh, he made himself, that is Jesus, of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. His birth into this sinful world. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Again, we go back to Matthew uh, chapter 11. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your uh, souls. Humility is not only a part of Jesus' character, but it is a divine attribute, but it is also part of the character of God the Father. Uh, there is a, the Holy Spirit uh, declares this to us in Psalm uh, 113, uh, beginning at verse 4. I'll read it to you. The Lord is high above all, the, all nations, His glory above the heavens, who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high. And then here it is who humbles himself to behold uh, the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. And then further describing an expression of his uh, humility in dealing with us, he raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may Uh, seat uh, him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home uh, like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Every engagement of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in this fallen world, every engagement of the entirety of the Godhead, with each and every one of us, is an expression of God's humility. And and, uh, and it is an expression of His humility as a facet of His love. And thus, the single greatest source of humility in life is our relationship with God. It is through our interaction with God that that humility that He possesses then rubs off on us, so to speak. Humility is a byproduct of that relationship. And thus, the closer we draw to God, the deeper our understanding of Him, uh, the deeper we go in our relationship with Him, the greater will be our humility. And then conversely, pride or the lack of humility in our lives always reveals a shallowness of our understanding Uh, of Him and uh, shallowness in our relationship with Him. We see uh, the dramatic effect uh, of drawing close to God, uh, receiving, whether progressively or in a moment, a a revelation of who He is, of His greatness, and the good effect that uh, that deeper understanding and revelation of Him uh, has upon us uh, in the prophet Isaiah. Famously in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah wrote, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple, and above it stood seraphim, each had six wings, with two He covered His face, with two He covered His feet, and with two He flew. And the one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And and Isaiah declared of the scene and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. And so I said, in response to this uh, relationship with God, this revelation of who God is, the reaction he said, uh, Woe is me. "'For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, "'and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, "'for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts.'" And nobody told Isaiah on that in that scene, now, this is a good place to be humble. Uh, the, nobody told him to become undone. Nobody needed to coach him in that way. It happened in his life as a byproduct of seeing and knowing God in a greater measure than he ever had before for who and what he is. Remember, by the time Isaiah has this vision of God, this revelation of God, he's been in the ministry for five chapters. He already has a relationship with God. He's already been prophesying for God. God formally commissions him at this point. But as he deepens in this understanding of God and his relationship with God, it produces this tremendous humility uh, in, uh, in his uh, life. And the same thing is true for us as Christians we grow in humility as we grow in our understanding of God and in our relationship with God. It, isn't, it rarely happens as dramatically and, uh, and never happens as a single event. Isaiah would grow in his humility for the rest of his life. But it rarely happens in our lives as, as dramatically as in Isaiah's life. But it happens most often in our lives as Christians, just kind of day by day, as in our relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, just continues to open up our eyes to His greatness. We see God's work in our life. We see His grace in our life. We see His power and His favor in our life. We see His faithfulness to us when we have been unfaithful. And we see Him for who He uh, is in that way and the Holy Spirit then as we, in our relationship with God and all these dynamics, He progressively conforms us into the image of Christ and maybe you've experienced this, very often we're hardly aware that this is occurring in our lives until one day something causes us to realize in some area of our life or in some uh, in in our, our life as general, in general we come to realize that humility has come to displace our pride in a very significant way And we realize that it happened without us even realizing that it was happening. And so when we read in the Bible, Galatians 6, chapter 6, verse 3, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Or as Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Or as God uh, spoke, uh, uh, as Isaiah spoke, but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Not our sins. Us at our best are as filthy rags, an unclean thing. And then rather than resisting passages uh, like this, now seeing ourselves supremely Uh, not as we think of ourselves in our own minds, or not comparing ourselves to our fellow man, but in the light of God now. We're not at all offended by these things. They don't smite our pride at all. And we recognize them to be true. And then we marvel at the love of God for us. And then that humbles us all the more. Again, the greatest, single greatest source of humility in life is in our relationship with God, spending time with Him. And again, as we do, uh, this rubs off, this humility is produced as a result. And Solomon couples these two things in that proverb, uh, as we have read it, in linking humility with the fear of God, or the respect or reverence for Uh, God and so yes we should and we can anytime we want as Christians we can humble ourselves and it's not a bad thing to do at all going into a meeting going into a situation going into a discussion (laughs) uh, as a husband or a wife with our spouse or whatever uh, kind of hard discussion has to happen in any relationship in our life And to say, Lord, would you just clothe me in humility uh, in this this situation? I don't want my pride to come out. I know how it can come out. Uh, uh, And then all I'll uh, then spend the next two hours of my life apologizing for it. Would you just clothe me in humility uh, for what needs to happen in this situation? And god will will do that, and so we can humble ourselves before God and in life and and do it as a choice. but this is the deeper work of humility in our lives. It occurs as our understanding and our revelation and awe of God grows uh, in our lives, whether in His holiness in his purity or in his love for us. Now we want to take a moment just to consider the blessings that humility brings into our uh, lives. And and Solomon lists uh, them for us. Uh, Some of the most famous verses in the Bible speak to uh, 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 contrast the consequences of pride and humility in a human life. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23, a man's pride will bring him low. There's no no need to say amen. Uh, but we've all got an Amen in our hearts on that, I think, except if you're proud. So a man's pride will bring him low. I certainly understand it. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. Uh, Jesus declared, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be uh, exalted. Now one of the things that can happen in life, at least it does uh, for me, is we can immediately recognize in our own lives and recognize uh, in the lives of of others when a proud person gets humbled. Uh, Usually there's a humiliation that occurs, there's a crash and burn that occurs, And everybody kind of winces at at what has happened there. We all all see that. But harder to spot in our lives are the exaltations or the blessings that God pours out on humility. So we see all of the ouch aspect of pride. But then we talk about the blessings of humility. And it would be a little harder for us to get our minds around that. And so Solomon primes the pump force in this regard. First, humility is a blessing, if for no other reason than it protects us from a public humiliation in life. And again, I can't speak for you, I can only speak for me. But the capacity that I have for public humiliation is massive. Uh, so this is very high on my list for being thankful Uh, For it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 6 Solomon writes, And do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of the great, for it is better that he says to you, Come up here, than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Uh, Jesus, of course, makes this the uh, proverb, the foundation of his parable of the ambitious guest in Luke chapter 14. Let me read that parable to you. And so he told a parable, that is Jesus, to those who were invited to this feast that Jesus had been invited to. And he noted uh, how, as people came into this room of open seating, how they chose uh, the best places. And uh, he said to them, when you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, Uh, don't sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by the giver of the feast. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. Uh, But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when uh, he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. And then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so we all can picture the scene in our mind. Uh, Maybe, hopefully not, but maybe we uh, picture it in our own mind from uh, an experience within our lives. But here you have... Uh, We've been invited to this great feast, this great event. Uh, Maybe it's a reception dinner after a wedding. And everyone enters into the hall. The seating is all uh, open. Uh, and then you go and choose the seat that is closest to the bride and the groom. Uh, in the front, the choicest uh, table in the entire uh, room. The table quickly fills up all around you there. And that you're sitting at every other table in the room then fills up. And then suddenly from the back of the room, Uh, The father of the bride now enters the room, starts to walk toward your table, all eyes are on him and he comes to the seat that you occupy and informs you that you've taken his seat and that you are presently seated with his wife and his entire family and now uh your sense of self importance is embased, all of our uh, based all of our uh uh selfish ambition is chastened and now I have to make my way all the way to the back of the room. all the other seats are filled up except for this final seat at the back of the room and as I make my way back to that seat everybody's looking down at their plates and pretending they didn't see what happened you know in the room because of how uncomfortable that kind of a humiliation is not just for the person who endures it but for everybody else the, as necessary as the humiliation uh, might be and so Jesus said it's better just to come in any place in life Take the lowest seat, uh, ensuring there's no lower seat in the room. And then when you take that lowest seat, you can relax because you can know you can't go any lower than where you are. And, and uh, take a nice deep breath. And, and uh, if there's any kind of seating reassignment that is in your future, uh, you can only go higher. And, uh, and now we can just simply enjoy the event uh, at the reception dinner. We can enjoy the food. We can enjoy uh, fellowship with the people that are around us, completely uncomplicated by pride or selfish uh, am- ambition. Every act of pride in our lives opens the door to just such a humiliation. Humiliation. And it is humility that allows us to live our life uh, free uh, from the potential for such humiliation uh, in uh, life. And then we can live our life without even uh, a second thought to having to be humbled by God or humbled by other people. And thus a second blessing of uh, humility in our life is peace including the peace that comes with humility of not having to feel like we need to impress others, to impress them beyond who and what we are and who and what we obviously uh, uh, are and uh, which is a massively demanding way to live always trying to impress always trying to uh, present myself as something beyond uh, who and what i actually am and in fact it's impossible again uh, we uh, when we get to cease acting in life and we stop pretending to be something more than uh, we are, just our little old, lonesome, real self, then uh, we can uh, then enjoy life from a position uh, of reality. We can live real. You think about our culture where images, so much social media has put all of it on steroids, even apart from uh, what, uh, what it was even before, and uh, this uh, constant fixation to always present myself as something more than I am and then trying to live up to that. And the problem is, is it's a phoniness. It's a sure way uh, to miss living a real life and coming to the end of my life and realizing I have missed life all uh, all together. Uh, Popeye put it, I am what I am. Some of you might remember that. Uh, John Newton improved upon it. John Newton was the famous uh, slave trader who became born again and became an Anglican minister and a very strong influence for the abolition uh, of slavery and the uh, author of Amazing Grace. Uh, and And he... Uh, put it concerning himself. I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be I am not what I hope to be in another world But still I am not what I once used to be and the by the grace of God I am what I am and there's a peace in Understanding ourselves and viewing ourselves uh, in this biblical way Again, we quote Jesus in this regard when he said, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. And then here's the promise. And you will find rest for your souls. It is the most peaceful way, if you're looking for peace to live, is a life of humility. Uh, Pride is... Uh, going to create drama all the time as we saw last week. Third, humility is a source of great joy and gratitude in life. And so humility allows me to notice and enjoy all of the blessings in life. What pride does in our life is it is constantly trying to remember, uh, remind us in this exalted view of ourselves all of the things that we deserve to have and that we don't have and all of the blessings that we deserve but we don't have. And uh, and so one of the first casualties of pride in our life is uh, gratitude. Humility allows me to enjoy all of the blessings in life and to enjoy them with a thankful heart rather than uh, always thinking I deserve more and focusing on what I don't have. A life of humility is also a life of freedom. Uh, to live with humility is to live free. So again, if we value freedom in our lives, and we should value freedom in our lives, and I think, I think we do, to be humble, to be down to earth is a way that, uh, that it, it is sometimes put. Um, it keeps us from uh, having other people put us on a pedestal uh, if they're inclined to do that. And in this fallen world that we live in, uh, people are the world as it has been observed is always wanting uh, to build people up uh, and then take great joy and then tearing them down from that elevated place. I haven't seen anything uh, that makes me doubt that. In the fallen world that we live in, it is happening all of the time. And so, in a fallen world where people, uh, uh, where too often people are put on a pedestal, uh, then by others to then eagerly watch them fall, it's pride that makes me long uh, to be put on a pedestal by others. It's pride that. Uh, uh, causes me to allow others uh, to put me on a pedestal. But life on a pedestal is a prison because then my thoughts become completely dominated uh, by the one who put me on this pedestal. And why am I on this pedestal? in their mind, what is now required to remain on the pedestal, uh, What uh, 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 the the pressure to portray general perfection, however they might define it, in order to stay on the pedestal and so forth. And then it is to come to realize that when I allow other people to put me on a pedestal, then my life no longer belongs to me. It belongs to them, and I have ceased to have the freedom to be myself. And humility keeps me from allowing people to do that in our lives, and it keeps me from these kind of prisons of peer pressure and societal pressure uh, to be faithful to who and what we are uh, and, uh, and not to exalt ourselves to be put in these elevated places and to live free as a result. Solomon also tells us here that generally uh, humility is a path to riches, to material prosperity. So we all hear about the stories of people who become uh, wealthy by hook or crook. And, uh, and, and wealth can be earned uh, in in that way. How, whole, how long you hold on to it, uh, that's a whole other uh, uh, subject. And how much you can enjoy it is another subject as, as well. So we hear about all the time people getting prosperous through uh, a life of crime or dishonesty or abusing other people. But for every person that becomes wealthy in that, way uh, there's a hundred or there's a thousand people uh, that attain uh, riches or wealth through humility who wants to hire a proud arrogant person as opposed to someone who possesses the same skill set and yet they conduct themselves with a true humility who are you going to let go first when there's a recession or a layoff or when employment isn't at 3.5%, and, uh, which is complete employment uh, for uh, any nation. Some of us have lived long enough to know when unemployment rates were double digits in the course of our lifetime and you did everything you could not to be at the bottom of the rung or beyond the bubble when a cutback had to occur. People find a way, bosses do, of holding on uh, to humble, skilled people. Who wants to do business uh, or buy something from someone who is proud as opposed to uh, humble? It ruins the entire experience. Uh, Sometimes people don't realize that, yes, we buy things for Uh, uh, because there are necessities in our life, but to be able to buy something is a great privilege in life. It's a great blessing in life. And we not only want the blessing of being able to purchase this thing and now make it a part of our life, but we want the purchase experience to be one that is a a blessing in our mind, a positive blessing. Uh, uh, one, and it's only a humble person that allows that to happen, and not a proud, arrogant person. The fact of the matter is that almost all advancement in life occurs through humility. Now, whether we hold on to that humility, again, that's another question, but almost all advancement in the business world, beginning at the bottom and moving toward the top, requires humility a willingness to learn a willingness to be taught to move up that line in education always has to begin with humility the recognition that I don't know everything uh, in life and a willingness to be taught and then to advance uh, to attain to a degree and then degrees even uh, after that and uh, and, and almost every other every environment in life, even beyond uh, those settings, uh, advancement in life, promotion in life occurs uh, through humility and then, when humility is lost so often, there I just will stagnate myself right in that in that spot, and advancement will will stop it 's just the way that things are made and the way that Mankind is made and a part of the spiritual and the the moral uh, 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 creation, uh, uh, God's creation. I do want to address a a potential objection that someone might have in in hearing this latest point. A person I think can legitimately wonder, if I live a life of, of humility, won't I be overlooked in life? It seems like a sure way not to get noticed, in a sure way uh, the, to cost me potential uh, promotions in life. Um, after all, if I don't tooteth my own horn, who's going to tooteth it? And, uh, and so this, we see this very much operating uh, in life. Well, it won't uh, in any environment cost us, in an environment that values uh, humility. And typically when a person has uh, excellence in their skill set or at least competence, you couple that with humility and we're going to get noticed for good in life. Humility is becoming uh, rare and rare in uh, our culture. And so just to exhibit humility uh, is going to get us noticed in a way uh, that all of the horn tooting that's going on all around us uh, Uh, won't accomplish. And so it gets noticed for good in life. But beyond that, uh, God himself guarantees that living a life of humility will never cost us uh, advancement into any position that he has planned for us. Psalm 75, verse 6. For exaltation, uh, David writes, comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. And he puts down one and exalts another. God is the one who exalts in life. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord makes poor and He makes rich. He brings low and He brings up. He raises the poor from the dust and He lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set uh, them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of God. Nothing in all of creation can keep us, certainly not humility, uh, from uh, God advancing us into the position that He wants for us in life as His ambassador and as His representative, and then additionally, humility is the path to honor and so what good are riches in uh, in any meaningful way if our name is mud? Uh, In our family, or mud in every relationship, in uh, in our lives, and Solomon makes clear that humility gets noticed by other people, and generally people hold humble people in in high esteem. It's attractive uh, to us, and humility also allows for rich. Uh, relationships in our lives, genuine relationship in life, unencumbered by pride and competition and selfishness. We, We trust in our lives, we trust genuinely humble people. When we recognize that this person in my life is sincerely interested in my best in life, and we will in a truly humble person, we will then trust that person to voluntarily on our part give them a place of influence in our lives and, and in a way that we will never do with the proud uh, because with the proud, you always have to keep your uh, guard up. And so humility is uh, one of the key, if not the key, uh, source of deep and meaningful relationships in life, but I close with this: The greatest blessing of living our lives in humility is what happens in our relationship with the Lord uh, as a result of humility. It humility produces an intimacy not just in human relationships allows for it but it allows for. Uh, great uh, and deep intimacy in our relationship with the Lord. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 15. For thus says uh, the high and lofty one God who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite Uh, ones Jesus taught the parable of the Pharisee and the publican and uh, he spoke the parable uh, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others he said two men went up into the temple to pray one a Pharisee the other a tax collector And the Pharisee stood this is in the relationship with God they're at the temple and he stood and he prayed thus with himself it's always bad when you just pray with yourself God says, I'm going to sit this one out. So he prayed, with, he stood and he prayed with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Oh, boy, can you see the eyes rolling in heaven and the angels just putting their wings over their head? This is going to be bad, <laughs> you know. I'm glad that I am not, uh, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this tax collector. i fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I possess. In his eyes, he's comparing himself with other people. The tax collector, he stands afar off in the temple. He wouldn't even raise his eyes to, the, uh, to heaven. And he beat his breast and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, this man went out of, uh, to his house justified rather than the other. Again, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And humility allows God to bless us. And, and the supreme blessing out of our relationship with him is to give us a greater influence uh, in the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of God in this fallen world uh, that we live in. Again, James chapter 4, verse 6 but he gives more grace, God does. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, Jesus again, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. God cannot entrust a significance. To proud people uh, in the kingdom of God, and and uh, and make them uh, 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 strong or influential representatives of his kingdom, but he will readily do it with the humble. And so, as we've seen this morning, this life of humility, it's not any kind of sacrifice. We think, oh boy, what a sacrifice it is to be humble in this world, especially knowing who and what I am. No, you know, I mean, come on. Uh, No, humility is always its own reward. If for no other reason than the fact that next to expressing love, we're probably never more like Jesus in life uh, than when we express humility in our relationships with others, and uh, in our uh, influence in situations in life. If you sit here this morning and you're not yet a Christian, uh, not only does the Bible teach that uh, a Christian uh, grows as a Christian by uh, on the path of humility, but a person uh, must... Uh, begin a personal relationship with God, become a Christian uh, uh, on the path of humility. And it requires me coming to God and accepting his assessment of me as a sinner, um, that my sin has separated me from heaven and that the wages of sin is death and that I have no hope, no hope at all, of saving myself and that if God didn't make it a free gift and something that we could freely receive through faith in his son, none of us would have any hope uh, of being made righteous for heaven. And so that, has, that requires that humility to recognize that it, my need and then to recognize the holiness of God and then humility to accept salvation not on my terms but on God's terms and of course any of us who are honest about ourselves or have any self-awareness at all where they got how many viruses are floating around right now so you got three that are just clobbering all of us maybe one after the other and then now the headlines are disease x is coming from a Lab near you, somewhere in the world, is these mad scientists. I mean, are we nuts or what? Okay, I'll get back on where we are. We can't keep ourselves from getting the common cold. And I'm going to tell God how He's supposed to save people and how it is He should qualify me for heaven. No, no, no. He makes the offer makes it a gift, because it's the only way we could be saved. We just need to be humble enough to receive it. And if you've never done that this morning, it was a great time to do that. And there'll be pastors, other men and women up in front immediately after the service, and they'd love to uh, answer your questions and pray with you to put your faith in Jesus Christ and be born again Uh, experience a spiritual birth in your life uh, today and all of the promises and blessings that come uh, with that. If you need prayer for anything that's going on in your life this morning, uh, these same men and women would love to pray with you and for you as well. Let's stand together now and we'll close in prayer. Father, one of the joys of our Christian life And we certainly do not uh, even remotely believe that uh, we have attained on any kind of amazing uh, level. But we are so grateful for the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives and out of our relationship with you how you have walked us just even sometimes just a step at a time, day by day, week by week, out of a life of pride and into all of the beauty and all of the blessings and all of the peace of humility. And Lord, we ask that you would continue this work of conforming us into the image of Christ all the way to the end of our pilgrimage and that you would use this time in your word as a part of that. And we pray and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.